Welcome to the Eagle and Child podcast, where we share the stories and thoughts of church history's heroes to inspire and equip the church of today. I'm your host, Leila Nahavandi. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eagle and Child podcast. I'm your host, Leila Nahavandi. It's so great to have you with us today. We are talking all things St. Athanasius today, which I'm super excited about. I love the Church Fathers, and I'm super excited to have a very special guest, Skylar Vowell, with us. So welcome, Skylar. It's so good to have you. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm always yeah. excited to, to get together with, um, you know, like-minded believers and just talk uh, and nerd out on church history. And Come church on. So this is, is a treat for me. So thanks so much for having oh, me. I'm excited. I'm super excited about this episode. And my friend Skylar is a pastor in St. Louis, Missouri. He's just about to launch a church, planting a church called Saints Church which launches in 2023. So if you're anywhere around St. Louis, Missouri, definitely hook him up. I mean, hook up with him. Um, Check out their (laughs) church. Hook him up. Yeah, Yeah. look him up. (laughs) Um, Look up their church. I'm sure it will be an awesome one. Um, And he's also got a master's in theology from Covenant Seminary as well. So just a great background in theology, in all things to do with um, Christian history and this sort of thing as well. So you actually got into Athanasius through your master's degree, didn't you? That's right. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I was in, uh, so shout out to Dr. Robbie Griggs. Um, thanks yes. so much for making me read <laughs> Athanasius in uh, a, a class called Sin, Christ, and Salvation. Um, so that's awesome. when I first came across Athanasius. And um, it was through that class that I really was just like wowed by mm. Athanasius and his story. Yeah. Um, and I was really humbled Um, Mm. because I think it was really the first time that I realized how indebted I was to the church Mm. fathers for paving the way for, for guys like me and for people like us, Mm. um, to be able to preach the gospel, um, Mm. with so much truth, with so much clarity. And I really believe, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants and and as I look back, really do. And as I look back on the sermons that I was preaching and teaching, I take Mm. for granted you know, that, that truth that we're communicating, the divinity of Christ and Christ crucified, mm. that we're saved by no other name, um, yes. was fought for, like yes. truly fought for and debated and, mm. and lives were lost um, mm. over the conviction that Jesus is God. Um, you know, and, and we, we, we have lots of songs that we sing and, you know, we say, mm. you know, we're, you know, washed by the blood and we're saved by mm. Jesus and King Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, right? We yes. sing these songs, but yes. it's because of guys like Athanasius that we are mm. still singing these songs and that we can say that. So, so um, so thank you, Dr. Griggs for making me, me read this. And, um, I came yes. into seminary a, a little bit insecure cause I'm like, I don't think I'm that mm. smart. I don't think I'll be able to read it. I felt mm. I was, you know, my first, first semester yeah. in seminary. Um, but it's such an incredible read and it's, it's easy mm. to get behind. It's easy to understand. He's so clear. He's so concise. So, so um, if you're watching this, go grab a copy of on the incarnation mm. uh, by St. Athanasius, the great St. Athanasius. Very famous work. Yeah. Yeah. Very famous work. All right. So can you tell us just for anyone who's never even heard of St. Athanasius, who is this guy? Um, maybe just tell us about his time period. Tell us about him. How he, was he formed spiritually? Can you give us a bit of a bio of who St. Athanasius was? Absolutely. Um, so disclaimer, yeah. I'm not a historian. 
Um, I'm just a pastor, uh, and and I love just Jesus. Just a humble pastor. Yeah. I'm just very yes, a humble pastor. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. And and I've just been really encouraged by his writing. So I've done some um, some some research, and I've read uh, biographies and things on his life, and um, he truly is, is is absolutely incredible. So there's actually not a ton known about Athanasius's life before he becomes uh, a deacon. And that's an interesting story. Um, so he was born around 300 AD. Um, and so just after Christianity has actually become legal. So um, they're yeah. kind of coming out of 250 years of persecution. So as Athanasius grows up and, and the leaders in his church, uh, many of them would know people who were martyred, who were killed, um, yeah. proclaiming that Christ is king. Um, he probably would have known people with eyes burned out and missing wow. limbs and arms because they're just, again, coming out of this persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that uh, coming out of the persecution, lots of people are allowed to begin preaching. It's no longer quietly mm-hmm. in homes, but the church becomes very prominent. Um, and so there are lots of different views on Jesus, different kinds of Christianity that start to emerge. But I'll get to that in a second. So back to yeah. back to Athanasius. Um <laughs> And he kind of gets started in ministry. Very interesting. Uh, the story goes that um, Alexander, who's the bishop of Alexandria, so it's easy to remember, Alexander yeah. <laughs> of Alexandria, he's the bishop. And one day he looks out of his window, out at the, the, the sea, and he sees a young man <laughs> baptizing um, other kids. He's a kid and they're playing church. They're playing bishop. So he's pretending to be the bishop, Alexander. And so he sees this young boy baptizing these, um, these kids in the river. And so he's, he goes up to him and they begin talking and he's so blown away by this young man's knowledge of scripture um, and understanding of the gospel that he takes him under his wing. And so from there he becomes a deacon and he become, becomes, uh, gets, starts getting mentored by the bishop. So if any young guys and girls listening, find a mentor, right? Who will take you yes. under your wing, who will, who will teach you. Be coachable and, and listen. And so, come on, um, this is so we, great having a, a pastor do this. I like the yeah, little so application I'm, I'm for this. Yeah, let's go. You have to lean me in. I'll get my organ out. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> no, yeah, I love absolutely. that. I love that. Just, Makes just it ran me back in if I start start going out a little bit. So no, I think that's um, great. And I think like this whole podcast is all about inspiring the church of today with the stories of church history's heroes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so yeah. important, even when we're studying theology and stuff, it's so important yeah. to always bring it back to how are we going to apply this to our lives? How does this change the way that we operate to do today? It's not just stuff that we know just because we right. want to like, you know, know it. It actually should, you know, empower us and equip us to live Absolutely. differently. So, so thank people, you. Find do, mentors, it, do it. Yes. People. And, and find mentors that are old and have gray hair, right? Yeah, Not just yeah. cool cool tattoos and cool J's, right? Like find yeah. some guys who have studied <laughs> and are, are smart and, and learn from them. So that's yeah. my advice. So I'll, I'll hop off that soapbox. So um, okay. he is the, uh, the deacon in uh, Alexandria, which is a very prominent mm. city at the time. It's about second only to Rome in pro- uh, prominence. And, and there's a lot of Jewish intellectuals, pagan intellectuals, and thriving mm. Christianity as well. Um, mm. So we know he probably had a really good Christian education studying under uh, Alexander. But about 318, um, he's still a deacon at the time. There, there, there comes this preacher um, named Arius, where we get Arianism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yes. uh, Arius comes along. He's a popular preacher. He's charismatic. He's good looking. Yeah. He's tall. Yeah. He's handsome. And, and he begins preaching that, that Jesus was actually not God, that Jesus was 
not divine. Red flags. Red, red flags. flags right? <laughs> um, but again, he's charismatic and he's, yeah. little, and he's tall, right? Must be and true. So, Must be right. Absolutely. We got to listen yeah. to this guy. And yeah. so uh, much like people now, right? People are drawn to these kinds yeah. of charismatic mm-hmm. figures and, and he's mm-hmm. a good teacher. Um, and he kind of coins this phrase. Um, a lot of scholars say that it's it's actually in a song um, mm-hmm. because one of his uh, areas that he was, his parish was a, a dock town. And so he had this tune going that there was when he was not. Mm. And so this is a good way to spread your messages through song. Cause now these dock yeah. hands are singing it at all these different ports as they travel. Yeah. What he's saying is there was when he was not. So there was a time when God, the father existed and Jesus mm. did not. Mm. And so this is a, this is, is a Which problem. is not true. Not true. Yeah, if you're getting like, this sound like, that is yes, wrong. Like, that wow, is that's... heresy. Yeah, like, oh, that sounds pretty good. It was when he yeah. was not. Wow, yeah, it's catchy. Blows. <laughs> it's catchy, right? You know, and they're yeah. singing it. Um, but what he's saying is, uh, again, that there was a time that that Jesus was not, that Jesus mm. is not co-eternal, that Jesus is not everlasting. And this gets popular. Yeah. And so mm. um, his message starts spreading and people start having this idea that, okay, now there's two sides. Christianity mm. is beginning to split, Right. Um, so mm. Christianity splitting and there's the, Hey, we're team Jesus. Jesus is God. We're saved by no other name. And then there's no, there's actually just one God. And that's where he gets it from, which is true. Yeah. So he wasn't an idiot. He was yeah. just trying to make sense of that. Like, well, if God, the father is God, mm. then Jesus isn't. So I actually have this quote that kind of sums it up pretty well um, from Arius. So he says, if the father begat the son, then he who was begotten had a beginning in existence. And from this, it follows that there was a time when the son was not. Uh, and then he also goes on to say Excuse here, me. God bless you. Thank he says, <laughs> the son being begotten apart from time by the father and being mm-hmm. created and founded before ages was not before all things, was not before his generation. For he is not eternal or co-eternal or co-originate with the father. Bow, bow. Yeah, right? You hear the music. Bow, Epic bow, fail. Bow. <laughs> yeah. But it catches on. And, and again, yeah. he was a scholar and he was trained and he was a pastor. Crazy. And so a lot of people began believing yeah. um, this heresy. And so um, Alexander. And I, love, I just want to interject there. I love how you it? mentioned the power of song because that was yeah. one of the key ways throughout church history that mm-hmm. people actually carried doctrine and people learnt doctrine so even at the time of the reformation we see luther is great with writing songs and stuff Mm -hmm. and people are angry that he's writing such good songs that people are um adopting as their own doctrine because that's how they sort of got it out which i think again is a point Mm -hmm. that we can refer back to today for songwriters for worship leaders music and worship is so important because it it helps form people's doctrine so it's important what lyrics we're writing Right. And be careful the songs you're singing, right? Because mm, it may sound yeah. great and it might sound good and flashy, <laughs> um, you know, but hey, make sure that it is um, solid Christian doctrine. So yeah, it's, it's anyway, not heresy. <laughs> exactly. Because this heresy spreads and a lot of it yeah. spreads largely because of music. Um, so mm. it spreads. And so now there's this disunity in the church mm. and, and Alexander's the bishop, but Arius um, is, is calling the bishop in one of the most prominent cities uh, in the world, one of the most powerful bishops. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and at that time, calling him a heretic. And so now wow. there's this division. There's these two mm-hmm. sides. Um, and so enter Constantine the Great. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not going to, that, that's a whole rabbit trail we could go down. Yes. Um, but we're not. So 
the year is 325 and he calls uh-huh. uh, what we know the Council of Nicaea. And so mm-hmm. what he's wanting is, hey, I want the church to be unified um, in truth and in peace yeah. because there's a lot of fighting, there's a lot of bickering. And mm-hmm. so this isn't a good witness for the church to see yeah. people bickering and fighting. We need to see unity in, unity in truth and in peace in the church. So mm-hmm. he gathers together about 300 bishops and they debate and they argue and the divinity of Christ is what is on trial here at the council mm. of Nicaea. And so ultimately in this, um, you know, orthodoxy reigns supreme and all but mm-hmm. three people um, sign uh, the Nicaea, what comes to be known as the Nicene Creed. And so I've got a section here um, that I think is, is especially important um, for mm. us, right? So The Nicene Creed says, I believe in one God, right? The Father Mm -hmm. Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. And this is where the establishment of orthodoxy comes. And then it says, Mm -hmm. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. So there's that immediate, that's that's the kind of jab and area. It's like, we're going to care not made. Yeah. Exactly. And then it says, there wasn't a time on. when he was not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They, just, they threw that in there. We're like, we're just going to yeah. throw that in there. We're going to make sure everybody knows. Like you're saying it might be catchy, but it's not true. It's and rubbish. then unsubstantial yeah. with the father. Mm-hmm. Through him, all things were made. For right. us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. And so again, so this good. is like gospel truth that we all cling mm-hmm. to, but it was because of guys who were willing to go in um, mm-hmm. and debate and, yes. and really fight and stand on gospel truth and not be waved uh, by charismatic good teaching and, and yeah. nice flashy slogans and propaganda. Um, so uh, they come out on top, right? So yeah, yay, hooray, the story's over. <laughs> well not done, Not not quite. That would have been awesome. And so Athanasius in the council um, was Mm -hmm. one of the chief um, theological principal architects um, of Alexander's argument. So Alexander was still Mm -hmm. the bishop. Athanasius was just the deacon. Um, Mm -hmm. So he was kind of the guy behind the scenes here, but he was one of the principal architects. um, The associate pastor, if you will. He was the associate pastor. Anyone who who follows the SU means. Yes, he was the associate pastor. You know, he wasn't the face of the franchise, but he was extremely important. Um, And so Arius is exiled. All right. So he's Mm. out of the picture, right? So, yay, everything's fine until it's not. Yeah, Mm. I wish. That's not what happens. And so he comes back in, and and Alexander actually wants to reconcile him to the church. And um, Mm -hmm. so. Um, what ends up happening is just a few years after the creed, Alexander dies. And so Alexander dies and a lot of people are like, hey, Arius isn't that bad of a guy, right? Like mm, we want yeah. unity in the church. We don't want to be divided. So what we yeah. need to do, let's compromise here. Like maybe he thinks this and it's Give not true. Right. Yeah. But let's, let's bring him back. Yeah. Um, and so at this point now, Athanasius becomes bishop. And so the only person who can actually bring him back or reconcile mm. him to the church is the bishop of the church that he was exiled from, which is now held by Athanasius. And Athanasius isn't a malicious guy, but he's like, all right, if he'll repent, right? If he'll yeah. repent and he'll 
you know, acknowledge yeah. true orthodoxy. <clears throat> Absolutely. That's always completely. the way back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But he doesn't want to do that. And so uh, some of Arius's associates have the ear of Constantine the Great. And so Constantine makes a suggestion, which if the emperor makes a suggestion to you, it's not really a suggestion. Yeah, it's not a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, do this or, if you, you want know. To live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to live, I suggest you do this. Yeah. Um, so essentially reconcile him. And even though he's unrepentant, Mm-hmm. Even though he is not acknowledging the divinity of Christ, I want him reconciled to the church. And, um, and Athanasius is just unwilling to do it um, mm-hmm. because he's unrepentant. And, and, and he's like, no, this is the truth. And I stand on the truth. And if he's unwilling to repent and come to uh, the actual orthodox truth of Christianity mm-hmm. and know the person of Christ, then we just can't reconcile him back. Um, so he then is exiled. And so Athanasius... Um, was exiled nearly 20 years of the 47 years that he was bishop. Crazy. Not all at once, not all at once. Um, you know, he would come back and then the next guy would get mad at him and then boom, he's out again. So by the time he comes back from this first exile, um, Arianism has actually spread and is the common view among Christians now. And this Crazy, is only hey? a few years after the Council the of Nicaea. Yeah. Exactly. And so this is where we get the very popular phrase, and, and maybe you've you've heard it, or the, the our viewers have yeah. Athanasius contramundum, yeah. and so that means Athanasius against the world, which is like <laughs> it's the such coolest. a yeah, yeah it's, it's I know, such a right? Cool, cool phrase like, against it the is. world, yeah. It is, and 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 he teaches us what does that actually mean to to you know quote be against the world, and for me it was he stood on truth, even mm. if it meant standing alone. Right. He would stand on the gospel of Jesus mm. Christ. He would stand on God's word because, right. you know, what I read earlier from, from Arius contradicts scripture. So I've got uh, John 1 right here. And this is mm-hmm. one of the uh, principal verses that Athanasius stands on. It's mm-hmm. in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And then drop down to verse 14. And the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and full of truth. So he's saying Jesus was not a demigod. Jesus was not an angel. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Arius said is, yeah, absolutely. Jesus is important, Um, Mm -hmm. but he's not God. Jesus is important, but he's more like us than he is God. He's a creature. He's not fully divine. Um, so, it just even yeah. feels gross saying that, don't you think? Yeah. It's like, ooh, but my what, skin it, is but, crawling. <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the cool thing is that it feels gross to us now yeah. because of Athanasius willing to yeah. stand on truth and fight for that, willing to stand against the world, willing to stand right. on truth, even if it means um, standing alone, because he didn't think this mm-hmm. is something we need to compromise on. This is a crucial issue because it is who is Jesus. Yeah. And, and we have to understand who Jesus is and we have to know Jesus fully in order to be saved. So this isn't a, a kind of a tit for tat thing. This isn't a, mm-hmm. well, Hey, we can compromise here. Yeah. This is a, in, in his mind. And in reality, this is a salvation issue yep. we can't it be is, preaching 100%. that jesus is not god because yes. we are only saved we can yeah. only know god the father 
mm-hmm. by being reconciled to God mm-hmm. through the Son. Yeah. And so this is an extremely important issue that he's not willing yeah. to wave on. And yeah. so what ends up happening is is um, he's exiled a number of times and he's he's cast <laughs> out. Um, and one of the exiles that he's on, he goes into the Egyptian. Just as an interjection. Um, Please do, yeah. Ch- church history was so fun. Like imagine being yeah. oh, exiled. Yeah. And he goes to like the Egyptian desert. Like that's yeah. not fun. You know? It's so crazy. And there's so many like killings. There's yeah. It's just so colorful church history. I think it is. It's, it, it's you know, crazy. anybody says church history is like boring. It's like you had it. It's studied. not. Because it's yeah. intense and it's yeah. awesome. Modern day society is boring. <laughs> yeah. Compared to this. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. The, emperor doesn't agree with you then you have to just leave your family <laughs> Get out. Yeah. you just have to go it's like what's crazy so he's yeah. exiled but one of these exiles he's, he goes to um the egyptian desert and he lives mm-hmm. with monks who yeah. are you know you know there's no persecution anymore you're not being mm-hmm. killed for being a christian but they want to kind of forsake a lot of the the comforts and so they go mm-hmm. and they live out in the egyptian desert and he meets mm-hmm. a guy named antony and so he writes one of the first biographies of the church fathers. He writes the life of uh, of Antony, and he's very um, shaped in a way because what they do out there is they just meditate on God's word. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think, and a lot of scholars think, this is actually what gives him the um, maybe the the gall and the energy and the faith to be able to stand up against emperors, to be able to stand mm-hmm. up against popular yeah. culture. And it's mm. because he had had that time to sit and meditate on mm. God's word and come to know Christ so deeply that come he is on. unwilling to waver on the person of Jesus Christ. So um, Athanasius Contra Mundum um, is, is so cool. <laughs> I need to get that. Well. Yeah. Absolutely. I got to get that at some point. Um, yeah. So uh, I love that that phrase because, again, I mean, it just sounds cool. But this is where we get this idea that he is he is the champion of Orthodoxy, and it's again because he's unwilling to waver or compromise on gospel Bible truth. Um, so Athanasius against the world, even if it means standing alone, he will stand on the truth, and Let's and I think go. that's something that we all um, yeah. can learn a lot from. Absolutely, such an inspiring guy. So you've mentioned a little bit about some of his works. What's he most well known for in terms of stuff that he's written or stuff that he has really done in those big events? So I know you mentioned the Nicene Creed and different things like that. But what are some yeah. well known works that he is known for? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, helping establish you know correct Christian Orthodox um, mm-hmm. beliefs on the person of Jesus, but not only on the person of Jesus, but also the Holy Spirit. So I've got a couple mm-hmm. of his books right here or works. And so this is works on the spirit um, where he you kind know. of has a, another apologetic on. All right. So you initially people denied the divinity uh, of Christ. And then there were some who denied the divinity of the Holy Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this guy is a Trinitarian guy. Um, yeah. And he's not afraid to, to to fight for truth. And so um, he's got a lot of incredible works. And yeah, I would love to read this quote if I can. I think yeah. it's, it's so powerful and it really, really helps us, uh, again, understand the weight of even being able to preach the gospel today. Like really, we do stand mm-hmm. on the shoulders of giants today. And so he's got this and it's yeah. on the incarnation, which again, why I encourage everybody to go and read this <laughs> for yourself. Yeah, but it says, awesome. for speaking of the manifestation of the Savior to us, it is necessary also to speak of the origin of human beings in order that you might know that our own cause was the occasion of his descent 
and that our own transgression evoked the words love for human beings so that the Lord both came to us and appeared among human beings for we were the purpose of his embodiment and force our salvation. He so loved human beings as to come and appear in a human body. I mean, that, that sums up the Mm -hmm. argument there. I mean, that's such an important thing for us to, what he is saying there and what Arius tried to deny uh, and we'll talk a little bit about how this gets denied today. Um, yeah, great. Is 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 God so loved the world, right? He mm. so loved us yeah. that he was willing to give his son and that his son was willing to come and take on flesh and bone. And he says it was for our mm. own cause. It was our mm. own transgression that evoked the love of Jesus to yeah. come and take our place so that we can have life. I mean, an incredible writer and an incredible mm. preacher. I mean, that that's mm. that is the gospel right there. Um, and mm. so I love that particular passage of scripture uh, or, or uh, uh, quote from from his book. And and that was when mm. I, I read I read that again my first semester and thought, oh man, this is yeah. is incredible. This I guy's got something it. to say. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. But also oh. how it hit me that like at that time, I mean. Mm. I'm not going to say this was groundbreaking stuff because there was an established Mm -hmm. orthodoxy. Uh, But again, there was lots of views going around. And so this was a young man who was able to Mm. study scripture again and know scripture so well. Um, And the Holy Spirit really came to him and really, I I think, truly inspired that um, to be able to touch people like us. You know, I was, you know, Mm. 20 some year old seminary student who was just blown away. I mean, I I remember reading that and just like, oh, my gosh, like it was just Mm. so beautifully put. Um, And so. Yeah, grab a copy of On the Incarnation, um, grab works on the spirit. And also I've got a resource here that was was really helpful for me. And it was mm-hmm. Athanasius of His Life and Impact um, by Peter Barnes. Wow. So it's great. Very cool. Yeah, it's really, really good. And so it lays out, um, it can be a little boring at times, but you know, we just got to explain <laughs> church history isn't boring, but he's just very detailed, yeah. right? And you're like, okay, yeah, awesome. Some great. writers are boring. They make it boring. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm not saying that. So if Peter Barnes yeah, yeah, is yeah. Sorry, if, if he's yeah, watching, not, which I'm not. sure he does watch the podcast. No, I'm, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a huge fan. Absolutely. Huge he should, fan. <laughs> he should be. No, that's awesome. All right, cool. So we've got a few works that he's done. Can mm-hmm. you tell us um, maybe a little bit about why we should be connecting with Athanasius today? Why does he matter to today? Um, are there any takeaways that we can use for the contemporary church context? Absolutely. Um, I immediately, I I think Mm. how many of us are willing to stand on the truth of the gospel when it's unpopular? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, today in today's culture, Mm -hmm. um, it can sometimes be hard, right. To, um, share your faith openly, uh, and, and, and talk about Jesus and who Jesus is because you don't Mm. want to offend anybody or you don't want to Mm. ostracize people. And so, um, I am all about unity, right? I'm all about unity in the church. Um, yeah. But I think something that he teaches us that we we can learn now as Christians today is is sometimes loving people um, and and proclaiming truth. You don't really get to stand in the middle. Mm. Sometimes wow. the truth is 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 a, is is it is sometimes yeah. right the divinity yeah. of Christ. Um, and yeah. I think a lot of times what we want to do, and I think we have good hearts, a lot of, you know, a lot of times Christians, mm-hmm. we really want to reach people and we don't want to offend people. So sometimes we're actually willing to water down the gospel mm-hmm. um, so that people maybe are more receptive to it. 
And so we don't want to stand exactly on truth, right? Because that mm-hmm. might ostracize or offend somebody. Yeah. So we wow. are willing to compromise. We're willing to give ground on certain issues in order that we might, oh, hey, I want to bring you in. Mm-hmm. But really what that is, is that's actually deception. Yes. Um, because you're selling right. them a Jesus that actually doesn't exist and trying yeah. to win them to your side. So you're not doing anybody um, a service. Yeah. But I think we can actually fall into that trap. Um, totally. You know, totally. trying to reach people, we can try to, you know, we can again water down the gospel. We can water down the person of Jesus um, mm-hmm. to make him more palatable, to make mm-hmm. it more accessible, um, right. so that it's not so uh, exclusive. So again, we mm-hmm. sometimes we want to kind of go in the middle, and there's lots of issues. I don't want to, you know, we're not doing that right now, going on to all those things, but <laughs> there are lots of issues right now that Christians are willing and actively compromising on. Mm-hmm in order to appeal to the world um when in reality athanasius was hey i'm willing to stand on the truth even if it pits me against the world um so i think that that's important for us to grasp is not compromising on on bible truth but also Mm. you know we can be encouraged um in our own faith in our own walk um reading guys like athanasius and understanding their lives and understanding the trials the tribulations, the things that they endured um, can really be encouraging for us in our walk because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it is unpopular being a Christian. Yeah. There are some circles and some spheres of life that it's hard to stand on that truth. And and guys mm-hmm. like him can understand and they know and they know the challenges we're facing. Um, and they, they wrote to us to encourage us <laughs> um, to help us out. And, and so it can be encouraging for us. So that's why I think it's so important for, for mm-hmm. people to read these works. And you don't have to go to seminary. Seminary is awesome. And mm-hmm. I do encourage people to go to seminary if you feel yeah. called to ministry. Um, but just picking up these books and reading mm-hmm. and being strengthened in your own faith. And, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes you could ask the, you know, the everyday churchgoer, can you explain the Trinity to me? Mm-hmm. Um, or can you explain the person of Jesus? How is there one God yet three distinct persons? Maybe the average Christian wouldn't be able to give you an exact answer there. And I think sometimes a lot of Christians do kind of fall into modalism or they do fall into kind of this Arianism. Um, So it's important to read the church fathers and how they've established Mm -hmm. orthodoxy. And it gives our own faith, even, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later, it gives our own faith a little bit more of a foundation um, that we can stand on. Mm. And um, C.S. Lewis wrote the preface to On the Incarnation, right? Yeah. And that's where we get that famous quote from him that talks yeah. about reading old books and the importance of reading old books and how they speak to our culture today. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, he's like, hey, if you want to know, you know, about Plato, you know, read Plato. Don't read this yeah. guy's 2,000 <laughs> page book on Plato, like read Plato. And if you want to know about Athanasius, right? read Athanasius. And I think that's so important because you know, he really hit something there. Um, you know, he's brilliant, but he did. I mean, I think a lot of us are like, oh, I want to know more about this topic. So I'll read about mm. the thing that's about the thing rather than yeah. just going to directly the to the work because mm. it can be intimidating. It can be daunting. I mean, the mm. guy's name is Athanasius, right? Like, <laughs> no name Athanasius anymore. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, my, my wife is side note. Uh, yeah. My wife is, is pregnant um, and we're having a little girl. But if oh, we were having a boy, I was like, we've got to name him Athanasius and <laughs> and call him Nash. How cool would that be? Oh, anyway, that, that is cool. cool. That's right, a great name. Cool. I love it. Yeah. So if, yeah. if the next one's a boy, then that's that's what I'm, Nash. I'm going for there. Yeah. Athanasius. Oh, I love that. But Very um, cool. yeah. 
Awesome. All right. So um, what are some famous quotes that we have from Athanasius? Like, are there any famous quotes that you can think of or that you have in any books that you've got that you want to share? Yeah. So the one I just read is, is, is really popular, but I've got yeah. one right here um, that I think is great. And it's, it's something that's easy to remember. And it says, he mm-hmm. became what we are so that he might make us what he is. Hmm. Oh, come on, somebody. Beautiful. That's a quotable quote. Yeah. That's so Put good. that on your Instagram and share it. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's that's in the Instagram bio for someone out there. Yeah. Right? So he became so Jesus became what we are, right? Yeah. So he took on Beautiful. our flesh and our bone, our human mm. um condition. He took that upon himself so that he could make us, make us a sinful, broken, mm. fallible people that he could make mm. us like Christ. So it's you know, he's Beautiful. pulling from scripture. You know, he, you know, who knew no sin became mm-hmm. sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Um, it so is because good. of Jesus. It's because yeah. of what he did. It is mm-hmm. because of the incarnation of the word mm-hmm. of God. It is because of Christ that, again, mm-hmm. we are made righteous, that we are made holy, that we are made blameless, um, mm-hmm. that we will be able to stand before a holy and perfect God, yeah. blameless. And it's because of the person of Jesus. It is because of the cross of Jesus so when he said it is finished it's done and so he makes us like him and what he means there is is, is he's he's reconciling mm. us to God our beautiful. sinful nature no longer uh, holds us down we are no longer bound by sin mm. and death like Christ was no longer bound mm. by sin and death and he rose and we will mm. rise as well so I love that quote because it's beautiful. just so powerful that he became like yeah. us so that we could become like him. And so that's an encouragement for you guys. We can totally. uh, be like Jesus. That's really what we're supposed to be doing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's the Come Holy on. Spirit that lives yeah. and dwells within us. But again, mm-hmm. we have the Holy Spirit. We have the helper. Mm-hmm. And it was because uh, 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 God looked upon his creation and mm-hmm. sent us a savior. And that is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, we always like to finish with maybe a fun fact or a fun story or anything interesting that we don't already know about Athanasius that's a little bit sort of offbeat. Is there anything that you can think of? Yeah, I, I have a, a funny story that yeah. um, I think is true. It's a little I, bit I, like that sometimes with yeah, history. It's true. Yeah, in one of his, he's, um, you know, I think it, it is Constantine's son, uh, okay. Constantius, uh, is now emperor and is wanting to exile and arrest Athanasius. I think maybe mm-hmm. arrest him to kill him. Um, yeah. And so Athanasius gets wind of this while he's actually mm-hmm. in a church service. So <laughs> he leaves, he flees, um, yeah. and he hops in a boat and he's going down the river. And he's got a crowd, a mob of people who are trying to chase him down and find him. And as the story goes, he realizes he can't outrun them. And he realizes, though, they don't have Instagram or Facebook. Not yeah, everybody knows what, what he looks do? like. Yeah, yes. they, don't know what he, they don't know exactly what he looks like. Yeah. They just know, hey, we're hunting Athanasius of Alexandria. Who's that? And yeah. so he realizes they don't, they don't know what I look like. So he stops. And the crowd of people, they're you know, in their boats, and they catch up to him. And they say, have you seen Athanasius? <laughs> and then this is a guy who doesn't lie, right? He's all about yeah. truth. Yeah. So he doesn't What's lie. He, he, say? Says, he is near. He is very near. And so that's what he says to them. And they don't know <laughs> that they're literally talking to Athanasius. <laughs> He's pretty near. 
pretty close. Yeah, so he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Athanasius, he's near. Yeah. And so they yeah. think, oh, he's just up the river. So they go on, and then he's able to escape. And so I've always heard that Genius. story because I think it's one, it's Genius. funny, but yeah. also he, even in a life or death situation, mm-hmm. he's still unwilling to lie and unwaver on the truth. And he says he is near. So I think that's a, <laughs> that's a, a awesome. really funny story and, and a kind of a glimpse into the wit and the person of, of Yeah, very cool. What we all aspire to be. Um, that's great, Skylar. Thank you so much. So um, is there anything just in closing that you would um, direct people to if they want to know more about Athanasius, if they want to get into some of his work, um, yeah. what would you direct them to? How would Absolutely. you direct them to start that journey? Yeah, absolutely. I would, again, you know, we've talked a lot about it. I would say read, um, you know, reading books, I mm-hmm. think can, it's, it's not as popular as it once was. We've got lots of other forms of media now that, that fight for our attention, but just sit down um, and read a book mm-hmm. and, and couple that with scripture. So read on the incarnation, read on works of the spirit. He's got a uh, mm-hmm. life of St. Anthony, which really lays out the life of, of St. Anthony, right? Hence the name. Um, but again, yeah. it's another way that it encourages believers of how we can see how other church fathers have lived and how mm. saints have lived, um, just to encourage really us. Really inspiring. Yeah. Absolutely. So read his works yeah. um, for sure. And again, that work by by Peter Barnes is really uh, helpful for me in kind of understanding the general timeline of his life, um, the mm. exiles, the different things that he learned and how he grew and, and the things that shaped him. So absolutely, I would say that work by by Peter Barnes would be extremely helpful. Beautiful. And if people want to connect with you, maybe they want to check out Saints Church in St. Louis, Missouri. How can they find you? Uh, you can find me. I'm on Instagram, um, just yeah. like everybody nowadays. So Instagram, yeah. you can find me at at and it's Skylar underscore vowel. And so my name's spelled real funny. Um, it's S-C-H-U-Y-L-E-R, but it is pronounced mm-hmm. Skylar. Um, and then we've got our Saints Church STL Instagram um, and so we're launching again in 2023. Um, so we're currently kind of building our core team. We're having preview services. So if you're in right. the St. Louis area, you want to know more about it, feel mm-hmm. free to reach out, DM me. I would love for you to come. I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee and talk to you uh, and mm-hmm. get to know you. So if you're in the, the St. Louis area, if you're in the Lou, come find in the me. Lou. <laughs> in the Lou. I would love to connect with you. Beautiful. Um, in, in Australia and England, we call the toilet the Lou. So I, I don't think oh. you do that in America, do you? So if you're no, in the Lou, literally means if you're that. in the toilet. Yeah. No, no, this is the first time hearing that. The Lou. Yeah. Um, so, hey, if you're in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, if you're in St. Louis. Seeing. Yeah, Absolutely. awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, my friend. Yeah, what so amazing much. content on St. Athanasius. Just absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for Thank you for having sharing. me. I really appreciate um, it. No, thank you, my friend. And thank you, guys, everyone who's joined us on the podcast today. We will see you next time on the Eagle and Child podcast. See you later. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into the Eagle and Child podcast. That's all from us for today. If you want to support us, you can like, subscribe or drop us a review. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Eagle and Child podcast. We'll catch you next time. Much love.